Most Shopify stores suck for SEO. Out of the box, Shopify has options which can help you enhance SEO, but by default, a lot of store owners miss them, don't use them, or use them improperly. Shopify stores don't have to suck for SEO though. And in this podcast, I'm gonna talk you through how to SEO a Shopify store to increase organic traffic and sales from search. Spoiler alert, these principles apply to any e-commerce store or in fact, any website at all. But in this podcast, we're gonna be talking specifically using Shopify terminology and I'm gonna be talking you through some of the menu options and how to find different things. We're also gonna look at some examples of really well SEO'd Shopify stores to illustrate some of the points that we're talking about. Stick around to the end and I'll give you my kind of takeaway cheat sheet action plan that you can go and implement in your Shopify store immediately to improve organic ranking, traffic and sales. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing page. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm CEO of Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency with, as of today, 108 ninjas specializing in building, ranking websites, optimizing them, driving paid traffic, social traffic, using email marketing, conversion rate optimization. We build, we optimize, we work for Shopify and Shopify Plus stores, and If I'm honest, SEO was historically one of the trade-offs that store owners would make for Shopify's simplicity. So when Shopify first came on the scene, it was incredibly simple to use and that meant that a lot of startup businesses grabbed it immediately because it had much less complexity than something like WooCommerce for WordPress. But in order to make that simple and easy to use, Shopify had to remove functionality, right? That's the nature of simplicity is it's removing options. And SEO was one of the areas that became compromised. They didn't give us flexibility over things like robots.txt, URL structure and stuff like that. And whilst some of these limitations still remain, recently we've noticed things starting to change. So it started off by seeing mostly Shopify plus stores that were starting to perform really well and get some really strong organic visibility. And that built a lot of confidence in people. When I caught up with Kevin Indig, who's Shopify's new director of SEO, I was really impressed with the ambition and the plans that they have for bringing more SEO functionality to Shopify. And it was very clear that as someone who'd been in kind of the SEO community and had been a Shopify outsider, he and the team were well aware of some of the limitations and some of the, I guess, fears that SEOs had about working with Shopify. So whilst it's true that yes, of course, there are still things that you have limited control over, URL structure being one of them. So most products, are all products are kind of categorized under a products folder on Shopify rather than sitting inside their categories. You can only edit the end of the product slug. Um, On the whole, Shopify is pretty good and it's relatively straightforward to optimize. But most importantly, today we're able to say with confidence that being a Shopify store will not limit your store's organic search potential, which is a really important thing. So we build Shopify stores for clients, we build Shopify Plus stores for clients, and a couple of years ago, 
We honestly couldn't recommend it, but now we're happy to do that because these limitations have been addressed or in other cases, you know, obviously Shopify is such a popular e-commerce platform. Google's going to have had a look at it. It's going to have spent some time understanding the platform and making sure that Shopify stores can rank. So whatever's happened, Shopify stores are now performing really well. If they're optimized properly, and that's a big if because a lot of store owners just straight out of the box, they fill in the the, the kind of uh, customer facing stuff, but they don't often know how to optimize for SEO, which is what we're going to be talking about today. However, before we can start optimizing a Shopify store, we need to think about what we're trying to rank. Wait, Tim, we're trying to rank the store, all of the products, all of the pages. Of course, of course, of course, I get that. But most stores really have three main ranking targets. So three types of page that they're trying to get ranked. The first type is basically the home page. And this is usually the page that you would want to get ranked for your brand name if you're selling your own products or really broad top level search terms like technology store or um, you know phone cases online or something like that, right? Very, very top level broad keywords. Often it's the home page which might be doing a bit of that work as well as getting branded searches as well. Now, these are your broadest, they're your most competitive keywords. And I'll be honest, a lot of Shopify stores aren't optimized to rank home pages for much, right? Text is not usually much of a priority on Shopify homepages. So therefore, it's very rare that a Shopify store's homepage would rank for a lot of broad kind of category level keywords. The next type of page that you're trying to rank in a Shopify store are product category pages. So these are, for example, if you're selling uh, dresses, well, you might have a, a column which is maxi dresses, right? You might have a collection in Shopify or product category, as we call it for the rest of e-commerce, which is maxi dresses. And this would be a page on your site which lists all the products in that category or in that collection. Now, these are the pages that you'll want to rank for product category searches like, you know, things like, I don't know, phone chargers that you'd have a list of phone charger pages, uh, men's workout shorts, rimless sunglasses. You know, these are, they're not the broadest terms, their um, grouped terms and they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of commercial intent behind them because it's people who are searching for a specific type of product right if I'm searching for a phone case that's fairly broad if I'm searching for a wooden phone case well I have a bit more commercial intent behind it because I'm kind of to an extent I'm a bit beyond the research phase and I'm now moving towards the purchase stage so for most growing stores, these category or collection pages as they're called in Shopify, these are their main SEO priority because this is the best way to get commercial focused traffic onto the site. Now, unfortunately for most Shopify stores, these collection pages are really underperforming. They're energy leeches, they're silently suffocating their growth because most stores aren't doing what they need to do on these pages to get them to rank. And this is true of e-commerce in general. This isn't just unique to Shopify. We're going to talk about how to optimize them. The third type of page, so remember we've had homepage, we've had collection or category pages. The third type of page is the information pages on the site. So many stores don't even think about information content. They don't think about how to rank for questions people would have. Um, they don't think to rank for FAQs or comparison type terms. But there's actually a lot of potential with this. You'll have heard us talking about um, content hubs and knowledge bases and blogs and the importance of these. Also on a store, these would be pages like the About Us page, potentially sizing pages, 
um, things like that. So the, the kind of content pages on the site that aren't commercially focused. Now, these are pages that you're going to be targeting to informational search terms. So let's say people have a question like, I don't know, what's the lightest camera tripod? And of course, I'm assuming that you're selling camera tripods. Um, well, that wouldn't be a, a question that will be best served by a product page. You wouldn't type into Google, what's the lightest camera tripod and just get one single product page unless that page is freaking awesome and has loads of links around that topic. What you're most likely to get is comparison pages. They're gonna be information pages ranking tripods by lightness or talking about the features of the lightest tripods or whatever it might be. So these are the sorts of terms, these are the sorts of questions that you can have information focused content on your site, which of course links back to your product pages and links to your category pages, but you're gonna to have to answer that question with information, not with a commercial page. Same for comparison terms. Let's say that you're searching for, and I'm looking around me, uh, SanDisk versus ProGrade SD cards, and you're selling SD cards. Well, that's not gonna be something that's gonna be served by a category page, which has a list of um, SD, uh, sorry, a, a list of ProGrade and SanDisk SD cards. This is gonna be, again, an information thing, which maybe has a table comparing the features of each, prices and that type of stuff, and then links through to your product pages. So we have to think about this third type of page, which is the information stuff, and we have to serve those searches with information-focused content. So we're gonna talk about each of these types of pages and how to optimize them as we go. And there are two main areas that we're gonna be focusing on today. We're gonna to be focusing on the content on these pages, because from an SEO perspective, content is more important than ever. And we're gonna be talking about the behind the scenes optimization. So often this is the stuff that you're not seeing, whether it's page titles and metas, whether it's URLs, whether it's uh, you know canonicals and stuff like this. It's the behind the scenes stuff that doesn't necessarily impact user experience, but helps to have a tidy house in nice order so that Google can understand how to rank it. So let's talk about the content side of things first. And as they are so important to the performance of any Shopify store, we're gonna start with these category or collection pages. So to many, this is the most important component of an SEO campaign. One of the best SEO Shopify stores I know is Gymsharks. We first looked at their um, store back in 2018, I think, and then we did a big teardown in 2019. And Gymshark has put a huge amount of attention and focus into its SEO since then. And it's really great to see it performing, outperforming a lot of other workout focused brands. So for those who don't know, Gymshark is a, a fitness clothing brand, direct consumer, absolutely insane growth story worth over a billion. Um, and they've, they've, been what, they've been on Shopify, on Shopify Plus in particular uh, for the last few years. Anyway, we see them winning search for things like men's workout clothing, um, top of Google, and it'll be the product category page that ranks for that term. So we have uh, a page at the top um, of, of Google, which is, it's a product category page. It has a combination of product listings. And by the way, if you wanna watch the video version of this, um, you can go on our YouTube channel and you can see all the screenshots of me talking through that type of stuff as well. But we've got um, some kind of header images at the top. Uh, then we've got some product listings. Then we've got some promotional uh, links to other categories. So subcategories within men's workout clothing. Then we've got some products on new release. Then we've got more links to other um, categories, more products, more category, more products. And then we've got all the kind of subcategories under men's workout clothing, bottoms, t-shirts, tops, shorts, and view all. 
at the bottom of the page, we have this block of text, <laughs> which is ubiquitous in the high ranking e-commerce SEO uh, world, which has the title men's workout clothing, which is the phrase that they are trying to rank for and the phrase that they are ranking for. They've got a bit of text all about men's workout clothing, but it's not just generic rubbish. I mean, it sort of is, <laughs> but it's not as bad as it could be. It's not as bad as it is on a lot of sites. It's talking about what men's workout clothing is, what Gymshark's approach to men's workout clothing is, um, and that type of stuff, the stuff that you'll find. Now, this is not the best category page copy that you will find. There are other sites that are doing a better job of this. Um, ASOS does a really good job usually, where they'll link through to other subcategories on the site with you know, the, the, the keyword focused anchor text. But the important lesson is here, we need copy on your category pages. This is the main takeaway. You will not find any, well, with very few exceptions, you will not find an e-commerce store with high ranking category or collection pages without some copy on it. Particularly on Shopify, where you get a lot of these, um, a lot of text embedded in images, what you end up with on some of these collection pages is very little content whatsoever. And particularly, targeting the main uh, broadest keywords that that category is targeting. So it's vital to have some copy there. Uh, we see Fashion Nova doing a similar sort of thing. So Fashion Nova, another e-com store, we've done a teardown of them. Uh, so for example, on their category pages, they take a rather more <laughs> old school approach where they have this expandable accordion, which is basically, I don't know how many words we've got here, probably 400, 500 words of copy. They've, they're linking through to subcategories They've got H2 headings with um, related keywords. So I'm on the dresses page, which ranks for women's dresses, which has always confused me because women's dresses, I mean, most people who are buying dresses are women, not all, but I guess most people. Um, so I don't know why the women's modifier is, is needed anyway. But we've got this um, women's dresses page. And then um, we've got this block of content. The subheadings are the season's hottest summer dresses shop dresses online at Fashion Nova. And then we've got all of this content underneath. So this is how we have to do it. Um, this is still how e-commerce sites are using uh, their, their category pages to rank. And by the way, for Fashion Nova, it's working phenomenally well. They're getting an estimated five and a half million visits per month in the US. Um, and a significant proportion of that is non-branded traffic which is really where a lot of e-commerce store growth opportunity is, right? If you're just relying on people seeing you and then searching for your brand, well, that's gonna take you so far. But eventually, like Gymshark has done over the last couple of years, when we first analyzed them, they weren't really ranking for much. You know, if you search for like workout leggings or, um, uh, you know, men's tank tops and stuff like this, they weren't there. They weren't competing for these terms. But by putting this focus, by optimizing the site and adding more content on it, they've now got to a stage where their brand is helping their ranking and they've got a well-optimized store so they're able to challenge for these terms. So how do you do this in Shopify? Well, you'll have already organized your products into collections and these collections become your category pages. On your collection, when you click to edit a collection, right? You've got this text description. You can add a title and you can add um, a, a description. This is the copy that will appear on your collections page if your theme allows it. If you add your text into this description area and it doesn't show, 
you need to check your theme. Either use a theme which shows this collection's copy or talk to a developer and they can get the, um, they can get the code added to get that collection copy showing. But it's important that it's there. Okay, let's talk about what we're going to write in this description. Well, you're going to want to use your target keywords. You're going to want to use related keywords and where possible, link to other collections on the site. So if, for example, we're in the men's workout clothes um, collection page, we might link to men's workout shorts, men's workout tops, men's workout whatevers, right? We're going to talk about, oh, our range of men's workout clothing includes um, shorts, high quality men's t-shirts or, you know, whatever. So we're going to use natural language as we would for any website copy optimized for SEO. And we're going to link through to the different collections using their keywords. So pretty straightforward. Um, you know, also the other thing that you need to be optimizing on these collections pages is the metas, right? Um, so you've got these, uh, the, the section at the bottom of the collections page, which is uh, edit website SEO <laughs> in, in very, very Shopify style plain English. Now this edit website SEO is where you can see your page title and your description for your collection. This is different to the title and description for your collection page. The title and description for your collection page showing at the top of the screen, this is where you edit the visible stuff. The search engine page title and description is the meta. This is the stuff that appears in the back or behind the scenes of the site. And when someone Googles that term, this is the stuff that typically shows up in search results. So your page title, normally limited to 70 characters, it's actually a pixel length, but 70 characters is a good uh, kind of ballpark to go for. Um, what do you have to put in your page title? Well, start with your target keyword. At some point, you're going to put your brand name because otherwise Google's just going to force it in there as well. And whatever else you can get in there, if you can get some USP or get some snappy statement, which makes people want to buy from you and increases the click-through rate when they see your site in search, so much the better. As for your meta description, you've got a bit more space. So Shopify actually gives you 320 characters, which is typically way longer than will be displayed in search. So be conscious that just because you've got 320 characters for your meta description, that doesn't necessarily mean that Google is going to show all 320 characters. And most of the time it will not. Um, usually you're much safer going to around 160 characters, but whatever. Um, in your meta description, you are describing the content of the page. So think of this as the ad that you're using to try and get people to click through to your page. Imagine they see it in search results. You're competing with all the other sites that you're competing for, in, competing against in search. You want to give people something in that meta description that makes them click on you. So firstly, you need to demonstrate relevance. You need to make sure that they can see you're relevant for the term that they've searched for. So use your target keyword, use related keywords. Then you need to demonstrate whatever kind of USPs um, you've got, whatever reasons people should buy from you. So often we'll use things like delivery cost, speed, any free gifts or vouchers that people might have, um, you know, the number of reviews you've got, stuff like that, which just shows that you are a good quality, reliable store and that people are making a safe choice by clicking on you. So you want to optimize page titles and meta descriptions and collection titles and collection descriptions for every single collection on your site. Every single one. There is no exception. You have to optimize your collection pages. We're going to talk next about product pages and some stores might have, you know, 10, 20, 100,000 products and they might have high turnover. So in some cases it is excusable not to optimize for every single product, but for collections, 
you need to be optimizing these. These are, these are such prime SEO assets or should be for your store. Okay, uh, let's talk about product pages then. So these are the pages that list individual products. You know the ones. Um, now, from an SEO perspective, they are not necessarily as important as your collection pages because unless somebody's searching for a specific product, then they are unlikely to be served with a product page. But that's not to say that you don't want to optimize them anyway, because this improves the overall optimization of the site and helps Google to understand what your site is about. So I'm just gonna blast you with some quick fire tips on product optimization. You can't see the hand gestures, but they're like some sort of really terrible B-grade superhero firing product page optimization Shopify tips at podcast listeners. Oh, it's a dreadful site, ladies and gents. Um, okay, first product optimization tip, call it by its full name. So if it's a 128 gigabyte V90 high-speed SD card, don't call it 128 gigabyte V90 and expect that because someone is on your site, they will know it is an SD card. It may well feel redundant to put the SD card name at the back if you're like, Welcome to Tim's SD cards. You can buy all of your SD cards here. Do you want the SanDisk 128 gigabyte V90? But for your product page, you're gonna call this 128 gigabyte V90 high-speed SD card. So call it full name. Next thing, put energy into your product descriptions. Don't just dump a product up there like Fashion Nova does and just put a few lines of, a few bullet points of really uncompelling low-grade copy. Right, so Fashion Nova, because they're throwing up like 200 billion products a day on their website, their product descriptions are trash. I guess there's not enough human capital in the world to be able to keep up with their product range and write compelling page, uh, product descriptions. But if they would do it, it would really help these pages' performance. Now, obviously, they're a high product, they're a high skew churn business, so they're going to put something up there, they're going to sell out of it, and then they're going to dump that page. So it doesn't make sense for them to invest in that time. But damn, I wish they would. Um, so if you're stuck for stuff to put in your product description, and you can justify spending the time on your product description, which you should if you really want to sell that product, then think about what would the questions be that someone would have if they were in a store looking at this product through glass. So remember, people can't touch your products. They can't feel them on your Shopify store. Shock horror. This podcast episode is full of uh, explosive mic drop moments, but people can't touch your products on your Shopify store. So you have to replace that experience with the description. So what would people want to know? Would people want to know how big it is, how um, how it feels in the hand, what's it made out of, what's the lining, you know, all this type of stuff. We need to make it really clear in our product description. I always say, imagine your best salesperson talking to your best customer. What are the questions they're asking? Make sure all of those are being answered on the product description. Um, okay, what else have we got? So same rules on page title and meta description. So in your, when you're adding a product in Shopify, you'll see that section at the bottom, which says um, optimize uh, search engine. You got, you got that search engine listing preview section. You've got the page title, you've got the meta description, and you've got the URL and handle for that product. You want to apply the same rules as you did for your collection page. Really important. Um, okay, let's move on to blog and informational content. Now, blog and informational content is a pretty broad category of pages on your site. 
Some people will use the Shopify built-in blog and that's okay to get started. Some people will want to upgrade to a knowledge base, a content hub. Some people will build on a kind of magazine media property type thing onto their site. That's kind of the ultimate end goal. So we've got this kind of um, this, this escalation process of content being more important. Now, if I'm completely honest, most e-commerce blogs are a total waste of time. Yours won't be, of course, but most are a complete waste of time because they have no focus on organic search. They're not attempting to resonate with a user and they're just there because somebody told the store owner or the marketing manager that they need to write blogs. So they're just churning out rubbish that's not good enough to excite anybody. It's never good enough to rank and the whole exercise is fundamentally pointless. And um, so that's the worst case scenario. So how are you gonna make yours better? Well, the first thing is when you're writing your blog content, Think about what potential customers will actually search for. So I've got a few prompts for you here um, and we can look at some demonstrations from some sites that are doing a good job of this. Um, for example, the first prompt is, what else do customers search for? So I'm gonna give you another example relating to Gymshark here because I know a lot of Shopify store owners look up to Gymshark. So Gymshark customers buy gym clothing. They are your typical gym goer. They buy gym clothing, they also search for workouts. They search for workouts, they search for diet and nutrition tips. Now, Gymshark has a separate section on its website at central.gymshark.com, which is a kind of media place where they put all of their content, they've got all these categories and all that type of stuff. The best performing posts on the Gymshark site and I'm talking about the best performing content on the Gymshark site is stuff that is targeting the questions people have. Best arm workout, best trap exercises, arm workouts, arm day workout, best ab workouts, working out arms, trapezius exercises, exercise for trapezius. You get the gist. So these are problems that Gymshark is solving for Gymshark type people. Okay, so they've looked at what is our target customer? What are the problems that they are having? And then they've got content on their blog, which is all about these topics. And it means that they rank for a whole range of workout related terms and drive huge, huge volumes of traffic. So interestingly, Gymshark these days, so they're not looking at what's worked previously. Interestingly, Gymshark these days, is posting stuff on their central.gymshark.com section about stuff like, well, here's, um, here's one post, take care of you and yours, right? What is that about? What keyword does that target? Well, it's actually about breast health, but they haven't optimized that post, post for search at all. Um, whatever you thought you knew about Flex, think again. What does that mean? Well, actually, as someone who actually follows Gymshark, I have no idea, right? So we've, we want to, here's another one. Want to chat, the image says. Gymshark deload, need help? Here's who can be on your side. So they've gone from writing really well-optimized search-focused posts that actually really super resonate with their target audience to unfocused I mean, these these are so the want to chat one is all about mental health, which is obviously a really important issue and something that lots of people care about. 
But there are ways of framing that that instantly resonate with your customer and get traffic for search terms. And then there are ways of phrasing it which just make absolutely no sense to anyone. So calling it Gymshark Deload, that's fine, but that's your product name. That's, li that's lingo, that's jargon that nobody understands yet. So what you need to do is say, you know, mental health support for athletes, Gymshark Deload, something like that, right? So this is, you know, there, there are ways of thinking about content in a search-focused way. It's really interesting how Gymshark was doing it and has done it fantastically well. And the content on their site that's driving all the traffic is that way focused. And then recently they seem to have uh, have lost that a little bit. So anyway, that's by the by, but that gives you an illustration of what works really well for driving traffic and what doesn't work so well for driving traffic. Um, I also should say, by the way, Gymshark's blog section at central.gymshark.com is actually not on Shopify. The reason they've put it on a subdomain, it's on something else, which is a fairly common approach once people start taking their content to a you know another level so like i said before there's there's kind of um th there's levels of this right the first level is you've got the blog functionality in shopify which you can activate and that allows you to do some stuff start writing some posts that can get some ranking once you start trying to organize and categorize this and build you know user experience out of it or you want to build a content hub or a knowledge base then it's time to start adding stuff so you can either add a shopify plugin which will allow you to organize this and will come with the user interface to make a knowledge base work really well for you. And then eventually you might want to add on a WordPress or something um, to a subdomain so that you have all of that. You know, you, you can really take this to another level. You can build in CTAs, informational CTAs. You can build the user interface exactly how you like and you've got a lot more control over it. Shopify is great, but the content publishing piece is nowhere near as well formed as something like WordPress. Of course, right? Of course it's not. Because if it was, then Shopify would be as complicated as WordPress <laughs> and then they lose their USP. So they have to focus and one of the sacrifices is the content side of things. But you can get started with the Shopify blog. Then you can go into the knowledge base type add-on or a plugin. Someone asked me recently, what's the favorite one? There's a whole bunch. Most of them are much of a muchness. Find the one that suits you. The functionality is going to be there, whatever you choose, because it's a pretty straightforward thing to do. And then the, the third level is moving on to a subdomain with a separate installation. Okay, so that is content, very uh, kind of uh, overview of, of content for, um, for Shopify. So we've got content on product and category pages. We've got the behind the scenes content with your page titles and metas. We've got what to put in your product descriptions. And then we've got this knowledge base content hub blog type thing that you're going to be adding which is focused on the questions that people are going to be asking right uh next stuff that we're going to be looking at is behind the scenes optimization so shopify doesn't give you a ton of control in this regard so there are still some areas that as seos a militant seo will turn their nose up at shopify because they can't pull every single lever they can't optimize every single thing Having said that, Shopify works pretty well for most basic SEO stuff out of the box. And whilst there is some, you know, deeper rabbit hole stuff that you can go down if you so choose, the basics are covered with Shopify. 
So let's start right at the beginning. So we've talked about collection page titles and meta descriptions. We haven't talked about homepage titles and meta descriptions, which are really, really important. Now these are in a different place on your site. So if you go to online store in your Shopify backend and then down to preferences, you will see the option to add the homepage title and homepage meta description, as well as social sharing images. So these are the thumbnails that will appear when someone shares on Facebook or Twitter or something that actually shows a, a you know, like a featured image for sharing a link. So that's where you're going to add your homepage title, your homepage meta description, homepage title, obviously, you're going to be targeting your broadest keyword terms in at the start of that page title, then you're going to have your brand name at the end. Homepage meta description, yet again, we've been given 320 characters, but don't be fooled into thinking Google is going to show all of those. You want to focus on the stuff at the start of that, which is most important. So USPs, what you're going to say to people to get them to click on your store, um, and maybe some calls to action as well. Other than that, the next thing we're going to talk about is image optimization. Now, image optimization isn't massively intuitive on Shopify. So when the main images you're going to be optimizing are your product images, okay, because these can get you ranked for Google image searches for people that are making product focused searches. So I've made an example for the video version of this of a ninja coffee mug, which by the way, is absolutely sick. Um, and there is one image of a little shinobi ninja holding this coffee mug. Now I want to optimize this image because I want this image to have a chance of showing in Google image search. I want it to be showing on Pinterest and all this type of stuff when people are searching for Ninja coffee mug in case anybody wants to buy it. So how do I do that? Well, if you've uh, set up your product, you know where you add your media. So you add your, uh, your pictures or your videos or whatever in your Shopify backend. And when you've added those, you can then click on that image and it opens it up full screen. If you want to optimize the image further, there's a couple of things you can do. Firstly, you can change the URL of the image. So actually change the file name of the image what before you upload it to be whatever ninja coffee mug .jpeg or png in this case. And that's going to, you know, having your keyword in your file name, many people think has an impact. Um, one of the most important image optimization things is your alt tags. Uh, so the alt text that you show if someone is visually impaired and they're using accessibility software, this will replace um, the image itself when they're having the page read to them. Their reader will read the alt text for the image instead. Um, so usually here, what you want to do is just describe what's in the image. So ninja mug picture, for example. Um, and, and that's a, a good thing to do across all of the images on your site. Another thing that you might want to do, um, so Shopify actually has a, uh, a CDN. Um, it serves images through a content delivery network, which is potentially boring, but I'm going to give you a five second version of it. Basically, it stores the images on different servers around the world, which are close to where a visitor is using. So when you're looking at my Ninja coffee mug, from uh, Alaska, where you might be seeing it on a server that's in Alaska rather than having to come all the way to wherever Shopify's main servers are. So it basically serves up local versions of the image, which is designed to speed up um, the download process and make things load faster. Even so, you may want to compress your images, particularly if you're using massive resolutions, to make sure that they are not, you know, 10 gigabytes. I always use the story of the wedding photographer who after every wedding 
dump their entire memory card onto their blog and each of these posts would be like a gigabyte and it would take 10 minutes to load the page. So you don't want to do that. You want to make them nice and snappy. So usually this will be in whatever image export software that you're using uh, for your product images. Just get the most compressed version of that that doesn't impact quality because Shopify doesn't um, uh, default compress images. So you've got your image alt tags, you compress the size, you've got your file names as well, um, and you're all ready to go. The next area that you want to focus on, but actually doesn't really take any focus at all, is your sitemap. So as default, Shopify builds you a sitemap on forward slash sitemap.xml. So uh, my ninjacoffeemugstore.com has a sitemap at ninjacoffeemugstore forward slash sitemap.xml. Now, you're going to want to stick this through Google Search Console so that Google knows the location of your sitemap and it can therefore find all of the pages on your site. This is a, you know, it's a functional, it's a th it's thing that you do one time and then you forget about it and your sitemap's done forever. So don't get too hot up on this. Once it's done, it's done. The next thing we're going to talk about is heading tags. So these are H1, H2, H3. Now, I could have put this in the content section, but the reason I put it in the behind the scenes section is because actually this should be a kind of behind the scenes thing rather than a text size thing. So kind of let me explain. So um, you have um, different types of copy on your page. You've got description copy and then you've got headings. And these headings can have different, uh, they're in a different hierarchy. So H1 is your main kind of heading on the page. So on a collections page, for example, this will be the name of the collection is going to be the H1 by default. And then you've got other types of heading as well. So you have H2s. So these would be subheadings, then you've got H3s, which are sub subheadings, and so on and so on and so on. Now, each page on your site should have a single H1. And most of the time, the theme will dictate that this will be either the product name or the collection name. So you don't really need to worry too much about your H1s. But what you don't want to do is add multiple H1s or use H1s as a way of styling copy. So for example, some people, they will write a product description, or you don't really want to use any of your heading tags as a way of styling copy, but they'll write a product description and they'll be like, oh yeah, they'll look on their product page and it'll look a little bit small for them. And they'll be like, oh, I want to make this jump out a little bit. So they'll just go back into their product description and whack it in an H2, which makes it all bigger and makes it look absolute rubbish. So you want to use your H tags, your heading tags as exactly that, headings. So uh, you, and you're also going to, this is really difficult to describe over a podcast, but you want to tier your headings, right? So let's say that you've got your Ninja coffee mug category page and you've got lots of coffee mugs on that. Your category title, your collection title is going to be Ninja coffee mugs. That's going to be an H1. Then underneath that, you might have uh, an H2, which is uh, bulletproof Ninja coffee mugs. You might have some description about all of our Ninja coffee mugs are bulletproof and they do really well. And then you might have an H3, which is like tested bulletproof capabilities using live ammunition or something. Right? So this is a subheading underneath the, uh, the, the subheading of bulletproof Ninja coffee mugs. This example has run its course, but you get what I mean. So we're going to tier these H's um, as they go down the page. The next thing that you're going to do is URL canonicalization. This is file this under the boring but necessary category. So URL canonicalization. So if you don't know, your website essentially has four different possible URLs. You've got HTTPS forward slash forward slash www.ninjacoffeemugs. You've got HTTP forward slash forward slash www.ninjacoffeemugs. You've got www.ninjacoffeemugs 
Ninja Coffee Mugs. Uh, sorry, you've got HTTPS without the WW, Ninja Coffee Mugs. And then you've got HTTP without the WWW, Ninja Coffee Mugs. So you've essentially got four variations of your domain. This is working so well in podcast form. You want to choose one and stick with one so that you don't have different versions of your site indexable on different URLs. Shopify makes this pretty easy to do. So where you're going to go to find this in your store. So log into your Shopify backend, go to online store, and then you'll see the section domains. Then at the bottom of that screen, you've got traffic from domains is not being redirected to the primary domain enable redirection and then choose the one that you want to do okay and then it's done and then you don't have to think about it anymore the final thing that we're going to look at in the behind the scenes section is schema now schema is data that helps google understand and display content in its search results in a particular way if you search for example colourpop lucky penny so colourpop is a shopify um, store selling cosmetics lucky penny is one of their products you will see uh, underneath their main um, listing you'll see a little US $75 in stock piece of text, okay, which shows you that this is a product page. Well, this is coming from schema. This is product schema. Now, there are various plugins that allow you to do this. One of the most popular is called, let me show you it. It's called SEO comma JSON forward slash LD. So JSON forward slash LD schema by Webrex Studio. It's pretty basic thing. A lot of these schema plugins are going to do exactly the same thing because it's a very functional thing to do. Um, it's free of charge. You can get other additional features with it, but uh, SEO JSON LD schema is a good one to use. Um, and you, when you've got your product schema implemented, you want to test it because even testing the ColourPop Cosmetics Lucky Penny um, uh, product schema, there were some invalid areas and there were some errors showing up. Now, the best way to test it is in Google's rich results tool. Just Google rich results tool and you will find it. You can put any URL into that and it will show you the detected schema and it will show you any warnings or errors. So the warnings are usually things that are optional. So for example, in this product schema, um, they've got, they're missing a field for description, they're missing a field for aggregate rating, they're missing a field for reviews, um, and they've got an invalid object for the field, the brand, so the brand name is invalid, uh, or the brand, uh, the brand piece is invalid, in that there's nothing there, but these are optional areas, so they're given as warnings, um, they also have one error, which is, in this case, uh, either offers or reviews or aggregate rating should be specified, so they haven't actually specified which type it is. So use the rich results test tool to make sure that your product schema is implemented properly. Okay, simple. Now, if you're listening to this thinking, oh, this sounds like a mess, Tim. And I haven't even started talking about links. I'm not gonna talk about links in this episode anyway, but haven't even started talking about links, which are gonna give you extra ranking movement once you've got your store optimized and you just want some help doing this, then the team here at Exposure Ninja, we do this all day, every day. If you're interested in working with us or you're interested in having us help you with your Shopify store optimization and promotion, then you can request a free website and digital marketing review from the team here. This service is totally free and incredible. All you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com, click the big button to request your free review. We will take a look at your store, whether it's Shopify or not, even if it's not e-commerce, we'll take a look at it and we will suggest 
the optimizations to make. So these might be SEO, they might be conversion focused, they might be um, you know, user interface focused, whatever. And we will suggest how to get more out of your existing traffic to your store. We will then take a look at the traffic channels that you're using and suggest how to get more traffic to your store based on what you're selling, the space that you're in, what your competitors are doing and that type of stuff. We will wrap all of these recommendations into a 15 minute video, which we send to you via email, usually within two to three working days. This service is free. Now there is a minor catch in that you might find this video so unbelievably compelling that you become powerless to resist our charms and you want to work with us. This is a very real problem. In fact, it's an epidemic. Um, so that is the downside. So you have to be aware that this video is so compelling that you may end up wanting to work with Exposure Ninja, but that is also a fantastic option. We've helped e-commerce clients grow from five to eight figures. So we know what we're doing in e-commerce and we can help e-commerce brands grow. Okay, so go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free marketing and website review today. Right, let's summarize then with your action plan, the things that we've been through today. So we've looked at two areas. We've looked at content and we've looked at behind the scenes optimization. We've looked across your homepage, your collections or category pages and your product pages. So for content, here's your checklist. First thing, write descriptions for your category and collection pages. Make sure that they are being seen through your theme on those collections pages. So make sure that those descriptions are visible. Next thing, write decent product descriptions. Don't just churn out Fashion Nova style bullets if you can possibly help it. The third thing, optimize page titles and metas, meta descriptions on all pages, including your homepage. Remember your homepage one is hidden elsewhere. The fourth thing, add a blog or knowledge base section on your site. The simple fast way to do it is through the Shopify blog piece that's integrated and built in. Um, if you want to take this a bit deeper, you can build a separate subdomain blog on something like WordPress. The fifth thing, target these posts that you're writing at your potential customers, the stuff that they're actually searching for. Use the phrases that they are searching for. We've got other videos on how to write blogs that generate traffic and sales. So go and check those out. Um, if you want to see me berating boring bloggers, then there's plenty of that in those podcast episodes and videos. As for the behind the scenes stuff that we covered, we talked about image optimization, file size, alt tags, file names. We talked about submitting your sitemap through Google Search Console, checking that both you and your theme are using headings properly. So remember your H1s, there's one of them on each page. Usually it's your product title or your collection title. As many H2s and onwards as you like, but make sure that you're tiering them properly. The fourth thing we talked about is URL canonicalization, filed under boring but important. And the fifth thing was schema which you can use to mark up your products and add all sorts of snippets from products to reviews, FAQs, how-tos, install the JSON uh, review, uh, the JSON schema plugin, have a play, see how much schema you can get showing up through the rich results test tool that Google provides and go deep with it. So I hope you found this useful. Don't forget you can watch the video version of this on YouTube if you want to. Just search Exposure Ninja Shopify on YouTube. You will find it. Until next week, see you soon.